Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. Who is it that will be able to withstand the wrath of the Lamb in the judgment day of God? We're going to answer that question today in Revelation chapter 7. If you have your Bibles, turn there as we look at the greatest revival in human history. John is going to answer the question, who will be able to stand through the Great Tribulation? Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. Over the centuries, there's been a lot of speculation about the 144,000 in the book of Revelation, leading to a whole lot of misconstrued conclusions. So today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress shares what the Bible says about this significant group of individuals. Now here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. As David mentioned, we're just beginning our next teaching series on the book of Revelation called Final Conquest. Prophecy is a very popular topic with our listening family. At Pathway to Victory, we receive countless questions about God's plan for the future. Some Christians feel intimidated by Bible prophecy or perhaps overwhelmed by all the mysterious figures that John describes in his revelation. Well, I've written a booklet that will belong in your collection of Bible study tools. It's called The Major Characters of the End Times. My booklet identifies and describes 15 different figures or characters in Bible prophecy. And a copy is my gift to you just for getting in touch today at ptv.org. Now, along with my booklet, I'd also be pleased to send you my brand new book called Mysteries of the End Times, Five Little-Known Truths About God's Plans for the Future. My new book unravels five mysterious references in the Bible, things like the day of the Lord and the marriage of the Lamb. In addition, I answer one of the most common questions about prophecy, where is America in the end times? When you send a generous gift to support Pathway to Victory, I'll make sure you receive a copy of my book, Mysteries of the End Times, along with my booklet, The Major Characters of the End Times. More about these two resources later on, but right now, it's time to get started with today's study. Revelation chapter 7 tells us about a spectacular worship service that's yet to come. For that reason, I titled today's message, The Greatest Revival the church has ever seen. Revelation chapter 7. John is going to answer the question, who will be able to stand through the great tribulation? Now look at verse 1, the vision of the restraining and sealing angels. After verse 1, after this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth so that no wind would blow on the earth or on the sea or on any tree. In verse 2, and I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun, having the seal of the living God. Now I want you to underline that, the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the bondservants of our God on their foreheads. These are 144,000, verse 4, sealed from every tribe 
of the sons of Israel. From the tribe of Judah, 12,000. From the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. And on and on. These are Jews who have been selected and sealed and saved by God at the beginning of the tribulation. These are the 144,000. What is their ministry? Their ministry is to share the gospel. J. Dwight Pentecost wrote, they like Saul will be set apart to be God's witnesses to the Gentiles. Remember, God hasn't finished his plan with Israel yet. He's going to fulfill his purpose for Israel. And part of God's plan for Israel is that they be used to bring a worldwide knowledge of God through Christ Jesus. I remember when about a year and a half ago, when I was invited to give the opening prayer for the opening of our uh, embassy in Jerusalem. In that prayer, Netanyahu and all the Jewish officials were seated before me. And I thank God for choosing the Jewish people, saying that it is from the Jewish people that we receive the knowledge of the one true God. And it is through Israel, the Messiah of the world has come. God's plan was for Israel to deliver the word to the world, the knowledge of the one true God. And they will ultimately fulfill that promise during the great tribulation. You know, Matthew 24 verse 14 says, before the second coming, Jesus said, the gospel must be preached to all nations. The whole world is going to hear the gospel. And one way they're going to hear is through this witness of the 144,000 Jewish evangelists. Who will stand in the great tribulation? The 144,000 will stand on earth during the tribulation. But there's a second group that will stand in the tribulation. And we see them beginning in verse 9. The tribulation saints will stand in heaven during the tribulation. Now, there is no verse that says this, but it is very obvious. Beginning in verse 9, we see the result of the witness of the 144,000 evangelists. Remember, at the beginning of the tribulation, there are no Christians on earth. The 144,000 are sealed and saved and selected to be a witness. Now notice what John sees beginning in verse 9. His vision shifts from looking at earth, and now he's looking into heaven. After these things, after the 144,000, I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count from every nation and all tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes and palm branches in their hands. Suddenly he sees a whole mass of people that can't be counted, Jews and Gentiles alike, who are standing before the throne of God, meaning they are saved. And not only that, they're in white robes, meaning they've been uh, forgiven and palm branches, a sign of victory. And they cry out to a, with a loud voice saying, salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever, amen. Who are these multitudes that come from every tribe, every nation? This is part of the greatest revival the world will have ever seen. 
These are those who are saved during the tribulation through the witness of the 144,000. It's going to be something like the world has never experienced before. You know, people often ask, will people be saved during the tribulation? Yes. And it won't be just a handful of people. It will be a multitude of people who will be saved. Do you know how some people respond to that? They say, well, <clears throat> so you mean I get a second chance? I thought there were no second chances. No, if you die, you've waited too long. You don't get a second chance. If you wait until the second coming of Jesus to earth, you've waited too long. There is no second chance after that. But up until the second coming, not the rapture, the second coming of Christ, you don't get just a second chance. You can have a third and a fourth chance perhaps as well. Yes, a multitude of people will be saved. So some people say, well, then I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to wait to accept Christ and see if this rapture stuff actually happens. And if I see the sudden disappearance of millions of Christians, and I see these 144,000 Jews going around talking about Jesus, then I'll accept Christ as Savior. Don't be so sure of that. If you're not willing to trust in the free gift of salvation through Christ right now, when there's no penalty in our country for doing that, no hardship you experience, it could never be easier to trust in Christ than right now. If you won't do it now, why do you think you would do it during the tribulation when you will be threatened with loss of water and shelter and food, when you'll see your loved ones tortured, when you may give your own life in order to follow Jesus Christ? If you don't do it now, why will you do it then? And what makes you think you'll even want to do it then? You know, it's possible to harden your heart toward God so often and so frequently that you reach a point that you cannot believe. You cannot believe. Remember Pharaoh? The Bible says God hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he could not obey the commands of God. People say, oh, that is so unfair. That's so unfair for God to harden somebody's heart. What about free will? Blah, 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 blah. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. That's not fair. You know what? When you look at scripture, you'll find Pharaoh hardened his own heart 10 times before God hardened his heart the first time. You can say no, no, no to the free offer of salvation so many times that you'll no longer want to or be able to receive the gift of salvation. Today is the day of the salvation. Who are these tribulation saints? Look at verses 13 and 14. John answers it clearly. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, these who are clothed in white robes, who are they? And where have they come from? And I said to him, my Lord, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. Remember, there are no Christians at the beginning of the tribulation. Millions of people are saved, but some of them will die because of the natural elements that will be disrupted, the cosmological disturbances, the volcanoes, the earthquakes, the lack of food. But some will die during the tribulation because of martyrdom. We saw in Revelation chapter 6, they will give their lives because they refuse to take the mark of the beast. 
And John says, these millions of people before the throne, dressed in white robes, are those who have come out of the tribulation. Now listen to me. Christians right now will be saved from the tribulation. But those who are saved after the rapture, they're not saved from the tribulation, but they will eventually be saved out of the tribulation. That's a great picture of how God deals with our life right now. There are a few people, few Christians, who appear to be saved from great stress and tribulation in life. I don't know many of them, but there's some who are. There's some who never experience uh, serious illness or the loss of a loved one, but it's very few. God's plan for most Christians is not to be saved from tribulation, but to be saved out of tribulation. William Barclay explains the difference this way when he says, the deliverance which God gives is not the deliverance of escape, but the deliverance of conquest. It is not a deliverance which saves people from trouble, but one which brings them triumphantly through trouble. It does not make life easy, but it makes life great. It is not part of the Christian hope to look for a life in which we are saved from all trouble and distress. The Christian hope is that in Christ, we can endure any kind of trouble and distress, remain upright throughout, and come out to glory on the other side. I like, I like that phrase, come out to glory on the other side. That's what happens to these tribulation saints. They go through terrible persecution, but they come out to glory on the other side. They are delivered out of the tribulation. I thought of this phrase yesterday. We had the memorial service for Hannah Till, the wife of Leroy Till, who was the longtime minister of music here at First Baptist Church. In 1972, when Leroy was 44 years old, at the height of his ministry here at First Baptist, he had a debilitating stroke that immediately ended his ministry inside the church. It didn't end his ministry, but it ended his ministry in the church. He required constant care. And uh, yesterday at the memorial service, Robert, uh, the Till son, shared this story about his mom. At the onset of that stroke, Hannah Till reached a point of desperation. She lifted up her hands, palms up to God, and said, God, please heal Leroy. Heal Leroy. You know the pressure this is putting on our family. Heal Leroy. And then she turned her palms downward and put them down again and said, yet not my will but your will be done. Physical healing was not a part of God's will for Leroy, at least not at that time. Instead, Hannah Till would spend the next 47 years of her life caring for her husband. And she did so not begrudgingly, she did so joyfully. And yet God was with her through those 47 years. And there are countless numbers of doctors, nurses, healthcare workers who came to know Christ and saw the love of Christ displayed in the life and service of Hannah Till. 
And on November 23, when God called her home, she came out to the glory side. That's the promise of every Christian. God doesn't promise to take you out of your problems, but he does promise to walk with you through those problems. And that's what happens to these tribulation saints. Who are these? These are the ones who have come out of the great tribulation. And look at this. And they have washed their robes and they have made them white in the blood of the lamb. To a non-Christian, that seems so strange. What do you mean? Make white by the blood of the lamb? How can blood make anything white? Blood's not a bleaching agent. It's a staining agent. Have you ever tried to wash blood out of a garment? It's hard. It's difficult. But this is the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the beauty of the gospel. It doesn't matter how stained with sin, how filthy, how dirty your life is. When you trust in Jesus' death, his blood on the cross to save you from God's penalty for your sin, God takes your ugly, dark, and dirty sin and he makes you as white as snow in his presence. That is the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know that gospel message as precious as it is to us, is absolutely offensive to most people. To hear that their sin is so great that it takes blood, the blood of Jesus Christ, to cleanse them from unrighteousness. Peter Kreft says it so well when he writes, if you confess at a fashionable cocktail party that you personally love to play with porcupines, are you planning to sell CIA secrets to the communists? Or that you are considering becoming a Palestinian terrorist? You will find a buzzing and fascinating crowd of people around you eager to listen. But if you confess that you believe that Jesus Christ is God, that he died to save us from sin by shedding his blood, and that there really is a heaven and a hell, you will find yourself soon talking to empty air with a distinct chill in it. People hate to hear that message. The message that their sin is so great that it demanded a sacrifice so great as the death of Jesus Christ, but it is through his blood that we find healing, redemption, and forgiveness. Remember the old gospel song? Are you washed? Are you washed in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the lamb? That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Notice what he says here. What is the reward of those who stand around the throne? Verse 15, the reward of the tribulation saints. For this reason, they are before the throne of God. For what reason? What is he talking about? Why are they before the throne? Because they have washed their garments in the blood of the lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and they serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread out his tabernacle over them. They will hunger no longer, nor thirst anymore, nor will the sun beat down on them, nor any heat for the Lamb, Jesus, in the center of the throne will be their shepherd and will guide them to springs of the water of life and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. 
two important principles from this passage. First of all, write this down. God never forgets his promises. God never forgets his promises. He won't forget his promise to Israel. As seen in the sealing and the using of the 144,000. He won't forget his promise to the tribulation saints in welcoming them into heaven. And he won't forget his promise to you. I will never leave you, he said, and never will I forsake you. God never forgets his promises. Secondly, God ultimately rewards the faithful. Not immediately, but ultimately rewards the faithful. We see that in the rewards of the tribulation saints. Paul said it this way in Romans 8, 18, for I consider the suffering of this present time not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Dietrich Bonhoeffer came to understand how God turned suffering into glory because of his participation in the plot to kill Hitler. Bonhoeffer was transferred to the Flossenburg concentration camp under direct orders from Hitler, where he was ultimately hanged as an enemy of the Third Reich. Moments before Bonhoeffer's execution, the camp doctor noticed that Bonhoeffer was kneeling in prayer. Years later, the doctor wrote, I was most deeply moved by the way this lovable man prayed, so devout and so certain that God heard his prayer. At the place of execution, he again said a short prayer and then climbed the steps to the gallows, brave and composed. His death ensued after a few seconds. In the almost 50 years that I worked as a doctor, I have hardly ever seen a man die so entirely submissive to the will of God. How do you explain that? Dietrich Bonhoeffer believed in a God who never forgets his promises and ultimately rewards the faithful. A God who said, if we die with him, we shall one day live with him. If we endure with him, we will one day reign with him. Martyrs like Dietrich Bonhoeffer help us understand how biblical prophecy past and future should galvanize our confidence in the providence of God. I'm hoping that this teaching series in Revelation called Final Conquest has inspired you to learn more, and I've prepared a number of resources to help you take your next steps in understanding the last book of the Bible. The first is a brand new book I've written called Mysteries of the End Times. A reasonable person would be led to believe, by virtue of the current chaos in our world, that the end of the world is near. Many believe that the rapture could come at any moment. Well, we don't know God's timing, only God knows. But there's a lot we can learn with confidence. And I want you to have a copy of my book so that you'll have a firm grasp on five mysterious issues in biblical prophecy. Again, my book is called Mysteries of the End Times, Five Little-Known Truths About God's Plan for the Future. And a copy is yours when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. 
And when you respond today, I'll also include the booklet I've written called The Major Characters of the End Times. This resource is brand new, and you won't find it anywhere other than Pathway to Victory. And before quantities run out, make sure you get in touch right away and request one. To be clear, both resources, my book, The Mysteries of the End Times, and my booklet called The Major Characters of the End Times, are yours when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. You're invited to request a copy of the brand new book, Mysteries of the End Times, when you give a generous gift to support the ministry of Pathway to Victory. As an added bonus, you'll receive the booklet called The Major Characters of the End Times. Just call 866-999-2965 or go online to ptv.org. Now, when you give $100 or more, we'd also like to send you the complete CD and DVD teaching sets for this month's series on the book of Revelation. It's perfect for a small group Bible study or Sunday school class. Plus, we're going to send you the best-selling book by Dr. Jeffress called Final Conquest. One more time, our phone number 866-999-2965 or go online to ptv.org. You could mail us if you'd like, P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. Again, that's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins. Next time, we'll get a big picture of where we've been and where we're going on God's timeline of prophecy. Join us for a message called Bible Prophecy for Dummies. That's coming up Wednesday on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas. Imagine waking up to the sight of Alaska's majestic coastline or spotting wildlife from the deck of a luxurious cruise ship. Experience these unforgettable moments on the Pathway to Victory Cruise to Alaska with Dr. Robert Jeffress. Relax with us in Alaska and I guarantee you'll come home spiritually and physically refreshed. To book your spot on the 2024 Pathway to Victory Cruise to Alaska, go to ptv.org.